the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The testimony or witness of a forgiven man. We'll take a look at what that looks like here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us and be encouraged. To say we're saved or redeemed, well, that's one thing, and it's exciting. But to say that we've been forgiven, now that puts a whole new light on salvation, doesn't it? Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Oh, we can talk with excitement about the salvation that God has given us. We can talk with excitement about the redemption He's given us. But to talk about the fact that He has forgiven us, man... That is a testimony worth listening to, and we'll do just that today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the testimony of a forgiven man. Here's Pastor Phil. The testimony of a forgiven man and how he invites us to join him in blessing the name of God. And uh, if you're in Psalms 103, let us read it. Praise the Lord. King James said, bless the Lord. I love both, mean the same. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. Uh, He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, for those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. 
The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. This psalm is written by David. We don't know what incident in his life. We have no biographical sketch when it happened. But we do know something about David. He was a man after God's heart and a man who sinned greatly and who had been forgiven greatly. And in this psalm, he picks up the theme. He's calling on angels, creation, himself, and all the congregation to bless the Lord for all the benefits he has poured upon us. I've been dealing with the subject of how can God give good things to bad people? Well, we will see it in this chapter. But whether you know it or not, the answer to that question is the gospel. The gospel tells how God can be good to bad people. We're all stunned why bad things happen to good people, but no one seems to be stunned that God is giving good things to bad people, rascals like you and I. Because I find out good people are as much an enemy of our gospel as bad people, for they're too good to need a Savior. And the bad can be so bad, they feel they're hopelessly lost and never could have a Savior. But I introduce you to the God of the Bible who gives good things to bad people. That includes all of us, for all of us qualify as sinners. We've not all sinned as bad as we could have sinned, and we're not all as bad as we could be, but we're all bad enough to never be able to merit heaven. So that puts us in the same lot with Al Capone. I don't have the kind of righteousness that can get me to heaven apart from Christ. Now he says, bless the Lord or praise the Lord with everything I've got and everything within me. And I love what he says. The enemy of praise, one of the great enemies, is to forget what you've been given. Did you see that verse 2? Forget none of his benefits. He says that in Deuteronomy 4, Deuteronomy 8. One of the great hazards of the people of God is he told Israel, once you move in the land and you get wells you didn't dig and farms you didn't plant and prosperity starts rolling over you like waves, he said, then you will forget me. Don't say prosperity doesn't make you forget. It makes you forget more than anything else that happens. And he pictured it for us in Israel. Prosperity made them forget what they came from. And gratitude and blessing and praise get minimal because now they get used to having. And so the psalmist says, I don't want you to forget the benefits. And I want us to look at seven benefits he enumerates in this chapter of what he's done for us. Seven benefits of how he has given good things to even those who sinned as greatly as a man who can kill a woman's husband to take her. This man wrote this song. A man that could take a woman he had no right to have because he was greedy and selfish and lustful and ignoring the harem of 15 to 16 women. He was an outrageous sinner. 
But God wanted him to write this psalm for sinners, that we ought to be grateful to God for him being so good to us in spite of ourselves. And the first thing he thanks God, the first benefit he mentions is, and praise God, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. And it literally was forgives all your iniquities. Let me tell you something interesting about the word iniquity. It's a little, I like the sound of it, but what's the difference? Sin, iniquity, transgression. Sin is to miss the mark. Uh, you never even aim for it, but it's the idea you miss totally. You're a total miss. Iniquity had three ideas in it. It had the idea of you did the sin, but in between the sin... And the penalty that you feared could come was guilt. So it had the idea of sin and the living with guilt that comes. I'm guilty of a crime. I've done it. And so you live with that in between. And then it is the fearful expectation of penalty. So when I say, forgive me my iniquity, I'm saying, forgive me for what I did wrong that has brought my guilt and will bring inevitable penalty. That's what it is. And he says, bless the Lord for the benefit of forgiveness. Did you know what? Nobody has forgiven more than God. I mean, God is a forgiving God, is he not? Uh, And he said, he forgave me of all my iniquities. And I looked up what God does with our sins. Have you ever thought what God did with all those nasty, rotten, vulgar, dirty, low-down things you've done? I mean, from some of you infancy. What has he done with all that stuff? Those things you stole, that guy you cussed, that guy you hit, that girl you tried to seduce. Come on, all the stuff you did, you haven't always been in church. What does God do with all that stuff? He said he forgave it. And he uses different pictures, even in this psalm. Look at verse 10, what he said he did. Verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Is that wonderful? Could I get an amen? I'm home. Say amen. Thank you. Uh, Or he does not repay us according to our iniquities. You don't get the pay due the crime you committed. You know, commit the crime, do the time. Well, you've never had to do the time. Because he just forgave it. Look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. What if he said north and south? Well, we know where they meet, don't we? But did you know the further east you go, the further away you go from the west? They just never meet. He said, he put them out there. Run after my sins as far east as you want. And you'll never, you're going away from the west. They're they're just 180 degrees out. My sins are out, all the way out. And I just looked up some verses that tell you things God's done with your sins. If you put your trust in this living God, this is where you could find your sins. First, he forgave them. And that means he sent them away. 
He sent them away. And you know where that comes from? The scapegoat. They confessed the sins of Israel over a scapegoat. They took it out in a place called Azel, out in the wilderness, far enough away from the camp that the goat could never find his way back. And they killed another goat. One died, the other bore it away. Christ bore my sin, and he bore it away. Two, he cleanses us from sin. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Come, he that confesses his sin, I will cleanse from his sin. You who have been washed from your sins and been received... Can you imagine? He scrubbed you. And that's what David prayed in Psalms 51. Wash me and I shall be clean. Sin makes you dirty inside out. You just feel dirty. God says, I scrub sin out in the inner being. When David prayed that in Psalms 51, he used the word that meant almost using a scrub board. Scrub it out. Did ever, anyone ever have a mama use a scrub board? I mean... Sometimes I thought that's what she did when she washed my hair with that soap. It's like a script. Mom won't be bald. That's all right. You won't have lice. Because, man, she was rough. And I've seen her do a scrub board. Scrub it out of me. God scrubs it out. He said he did. He pardons us. Psalms 32, he said, Blessed is the man that the Lord covers his sin. You know what he covered it under? There's only, a quilt wouldn't do. It took blood. He's covered your sin under blood. He took everything you ever did against God, and when he got it on the cross, he said, Father, take enough of my blood to cover the, indoc- the document scroll that I'm bearing against them. And he nailed our sin to the cross and covered them with nothing less than his own shed blood just like they put in the mercy seat, shed blood. My sins are under the blood of Christ. And you've got to get under that blood. And when you get there, they're expunged. You can't find them. God can't find them. He, uh, I love what he said in Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen. God took our sins and he cast them to his back. And you know what? God never looks back. He says, sin number 19, whoop, through that. 21, whoop. Boy, I wish my creditors would do that. It's just a figure. They're to to my back. They're not before me. Cast your sins. Uh, Removes them. He said in Isaiah 44, you blot them out. Oh, it's all light stuff if you don't feel like a great sinner. But if I had someone in here today felt the guilt and weight of sin, say, would you like to meet a God that will cast your sins as far as the east is from the west? Throw them in the back. He said in Micah, I love this, Micah seven nineteen. he casts our sins into the sea. But since you haven't read the passage, I can't hold you accountable. He didn't say that. He said he casts them into the depths of the sea. You see, if I cast something in the sea, it could float on the surface. And some of you think your sins are floating around. He said, I put them in the depth. You want to get rid of a ship, take it out in the middle of the ocean, sink it. You got it in the depths. The Titanic went into the depths of the sea. My sin isn't floating on the top. 
He buried them in the depths of the sea. He said in Isaiah, hear this. Don't, don't, don't be blessed. Don't be blessed writing this stuff. Don't let it get to you. Your low-down, stinking, rotten, filthy sins. He says, I have forgot them. Isaiah 43 Jeremiah 31, 30, their sins will I remember no more against them. Hebrews says, 8, 12, for I will be merciful to their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. Did you know that everyone who has trusted Christ, God's memory of your sin has been blotted out? He has chosen not only to forgive it, but to forget it. How can omniscience forget? He chooses to. Not too bad. And I see people who have done great sin. You know what they live with the rest of their life? is guilt, shame. I've seen people who've gone through divorce. They bear the shame of it all their life. What could I have done different? I could have done a better job. Uh, if I would have done this, this wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have, and they live with guilt. Their kids go bad. What could I have done with that kid that would have? Guilt can just eat you up. And when you come to God and you say, God, I know I broke your heart. I know I did sin number 19. And he says, what's that one? Well, you know, I've chosen to forget it. And I'd like for you to forget it enough to say, what's taken over is my grace is in place of your sin. If I can forget it, can't you? But I see some believers, they forever stay beat up with the guilt of their own indictments. They're always beating themselves. I could have done better. I should have. I would have. I could have. I might have. I wish I had have. You didn't, but he forgave you. We are a forgiven people because God gives good things to bad people. He saves sinners. He doesn't save saints. He starts with sinners. He turns them into saints. And so we rejoice. Bring on any sinner. Bring any category. We have a God, the psalmist says. Don't forget our God who forgives our iniquities. Then he goes on to say... And heals all your diseases. Wow, that is profound, isn't it? it? It didn't hit me as being profound until I studied it. It helps to study. Because all the gold doesn't lie on the surface. Heals all your diseases. Now you can start wrestling with that. What does that mean? Let's first of all say heal means heal. And two, let's make diseases mean diseases. Did you know you have never got over any disease in your life that God wasn't the physician? From whooping cough, to typhoid, to mumps, to measles, to a cold. Did you know who has healed you of every disease you ever had? Just look at your Bible. Quit staring. Look at your Bible. What does it say? And heals all your diseases. One of the benefits You know what? When I just finally took that on face value for what it said, instead of trying to make it healing, atonement, this means salvation, when I just took it to mean diseases and healing, one of the great benefits, how many of you ever had the flu? Did you get over it? Who got you over it? Who gets you over any of the diseases? Uh, I think of anxiety, depression, depression. Suicidal thoughts, loneliness, 
uh, the diseases of our soul, anxious, fearful, uh, fretful, uh, anything. You know, uh, I was 26 years old uh, and had an undeclared breakdown. And it was just from exhaustion. I was teaching at this college, and I was doing a master's program in San Francisco. And I was going to school during the week, carrying 14 units. I taught 20 college units, and I preached every weekend. And I'm 26, and I break. When it came time to sign the students' bachelor's degrees, because I was the dean of a school at that time, I couldn't even sign them without my wife and secretary helping me. I was so disoriented. And what scared me more is I was the commencement speaker. Duh, don't get a degree. I mean, I was burnt out. I, uh, I went to bed for uh, a month with my Bible open on my head, and I would quote 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Oh, God, don't let me lose my mind. I mean, I didn't know that exhaustion would make you go crazy. What I needed was someone to tell me to rest, but that wasn't in our vocabulary. Go, go. And I I would call my dad and mom and my sister Hazel, come over in the evenings to pray for me, because I thought really I was going to be committed. I was breaking. Poor Carolyn, we had the baby. I, I, I thought it's over. But whether you believe it or not, God healed me, and I'm in my right mind. And some of you still have questions. I'm in my right mind. Anyway, it's the best I can do. <laughs> it's the best I can do. Uh, you know what Will Rogers said? When all the Okies came to California, the IQ of both states went up 20%. So, you know, uh, helped the state out, my people did. Uh, That I think, I didn't think I was going to get over it. God healed me. He healed me. Back surgeries, you don't know a thing about them unless you've been there. He healed me. This is the first year in three years I haven't faced surgery in November. First time in three years. Yeah. I'm thankful. But it doesn't matter. From a cold to a toothache, he said, one of the great benefits of God is he uses medicine. But guess who gave it the power to do the job? God. Every bit of healing you've ever had, praise God who healed all my diseases. What a God he is. Then he goes on. I thank him thoroughly that he redeemed my life from the pit. Now, um, that's an interesting uh, phrase. That phrase is taken by some scholars to be, uh, you redeemed me from the realm of death. The pit was thought of as the grave. And and that could be one of the ideas. You, You redeemed me from the grave kept me from dying. But men like Derek Kittner and other great Hebrew scholars, he says, it's much more than death. Kittner understands it to be eternal perdition, eternal destruction. 
You bought my life out of the realm of eternal destruction, and you gave me life. And this is Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. Have you found encouragement as you have studied God's Word with us here on the broadcast? We'd love to hear from you, whether it's a phone call, a quick email off of our website, or if you take pen to paper and send along a note, it would mean a great deal to us. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. And again, an encouraging word as to how the broadcast ministers to you would be wonderful. If you have a prayer request, maybe you have a question that was sparked by today's program, feel free to contact us again at 855 855- 833-9864. If you'd like to write to us, the address is truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email from that website or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. One other note as we let you go today, we have a matching grant. A generous donor to the ministry has set up a matching grant through the end of March. So dollar for dollar, any support you send our way, not only is tax deductible, but will be matched dollar for dollar through the end of March. Would you please consider that as you contact us here at Truth For Today? Again, you can reach us at 855-833-833. 9864 or donate online truthfortodayradio.org one other note as we close out our time together today guys you're invited to join us for our valley bible church men's conference march 17th and 18th walking to win are you walking worthy of your calling this is taken from ephesians chapter 4 and again you're more than welcome to join us For details and information, simply go to our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. And then come back and join us next week for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.